Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. I wish I had a rabbit and a hat with a bat and a 6'4 Impala. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review... <laughs> yes! Yes! It's been ages! Yes! And I did it in one take as well. Completely threw him off. Yeah, baby, that's been a while phone you out. Yeah, that's, that's a few, few years now. i got to fucking do that shit all again now. No, no, you're fine. Because <laughs> today, <laughs> we're going to review and discuss Trancers 3, which came out in 1992, written and directed by Courtney Joyner. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story still follows our hero, Jack Death, who's living in LA with Lena or going through a bit of a divorce with Lena. He's transported to the future to find out from his ex-wife, Alice, that the transfer program has started again and has to be sent back to, to the year 2005 to confront a crazy general and his army of trancers. Enjoy. Yeah. Come. So it's kind of a bit of a shame that uh, the uh, you know the creator of, of this this series of films, Charles Band, yeah, you know, who's now the head of like Full Moon Entertainment, had to step away from writing or directing this film, yeah, uh, just because he's now responsible for an entire production company, overseeing lots of projects, couldn't yeah. actually you know c come back and work on this one, and so this goes to first time director Courtney Joyner, who I I know the name from like some of the uh, Puppet Master films. Yeah, I think yeah, he was the writer yeah. for some of those, and I saw that he was also the writer for, for Transfer 6. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I didn't really know much about this director. Mm. Uh, all I can say is that after watching this film, he needs to work on his pacing just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But again, I was just super stoked just to see that, you know, Tim Thomerson is back playing Jack Death again. I mean, we know... You know, there, there is a Trances 4, yeah. and there is a Trances 5, yeah. but none of the cast are back for 6. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, like, we've we've seen it in the comments looking at the, the previous Trances films, and, you know, this this guy's fairly new to us. I mean, he appeared for us, like, in Cherry yeah. 2000, uh, but it seems like this guy has got a huge cult following, you know, right up there with with, with Bruce Campbell yeah. uh, and Jeffrey Combs. It's yeah. just like, well, we need to find out more about this guy. Well, I mean, I think we're finding out just enough from watching his movies, you know. There, there's a reason why people are cult heroes, because they only play... You no, know, there, there's a reason why people are cult heroes, because they only play one kind of character. <laughs> and, and like you said, you know, it, he's up there for me now with, with Bruce Campbell, with the fact that, you know, it's... All right, you know, we're not talking Brad Pitt acting here. We're not talking Leonardo DiCaprio Oscar winning, you know, masterpieces. But we are talking about a story about time traveling zombies. So, you know, what are you really expecting? I, I kind of enjoyed this one a little bit more than I enjoyed the second one. But then again, I suppose with this one, I had so much fun picking at some of the faults that's where i had fun with the movie because i, I you know when you sit down to do these reviews you want to obviously talk about the scenes you want to talk about the acting the, the special effects and so you really really pay attention and 
<laughs> you know, the film starts with the narration of Jack Death talking about, you know, he's he's living in L.A., you know, he's in the past after the last, you know, he's, he's living in L.A., you know, he's in the past after the last movie, we knew that he'd stayed in 1992 uh, with, with Lena, with Helen Hunt, um, and had sent Alice to the future, and that was it, that was, that was where they were going to be. Um, but he, he, he starts talking about in the narration about how he's just, he kind of, he's a bit burned out. He's a bit bummed out, you know, because he wants to hunt trancers. He's a fucking trancer hunter from the future. And here he is with the shittiest detective agency advert ever. <laughs> I love the fact that you can see the detective agency advert ever. <laughs> I love the fact that you can see the core cards coming up on screen as he's having trouble reading them. That's it. I, I saw that guy. I love that. <laughs> I saw the boom mic as well. And I'm like, I'm not sure if that's a mistake. It's a not. deliberate one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this time. That's right, folks. It's time to take advantage of our holiday rates at Jack Death's Detective Agency. If you need to check up on your spouse, do it now. Because I won't take a fee unless I catch him in the... But it's, it's, it reminds me of, like, Robocop. I don't know the way it's the film, <laughs> the actor that they got in there, the way it's set up. But uh, you've got this this thug who's trying to rob this convenience store. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and then one of the Power Ranger villain rejects steps out from this... TARDIS? We, yeah, <laughs> the combination of a TARDIS, phone booth, time travel machine. Like, okay, now this movie is establishing that they, to send people through time now, they need this machine. Yes. You know, yeah. in the last one, we needed that chamber to be able to... But, that only worked one way, sending them back to the future. They well, couldn't send them back. Yeah, because physically. they because of the because yeah. of the sub to the future. They well, couldn't send them back. Yeah, because physically. They, because of the because yeah. of the subconscious. Well, because of remember yeah. the subconscious. Well, we know the second film blurred all the lines as to what was technically feasible at which timeline. Yeah, and we get this thing step out and like like I found out later on that his name was Shark. Yeah. But it's not really hard to not realise why he's called Shark. He's got a fin on his head and shark teeth. That's about it. That's a, it's like a... I didn't actually realise he was a robot. Really? <laughs> he's a robot. Well, I mean, I, well, the film eventually lets you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have guessed it straight away. Like, that's a robot shark. Yeah, that's it. I, I thought he was an enemy. You know, because he was like, I'm here to find Jack Death. Where is he? And he even speaks like... Mandarin or Cantonese to the shopkeeper. Yeah, yeah. And the shopkeeper yeah. answers back and he's like, okay. And Jack and Lena are going through a bit of a divorce, which is kind of a bit weird because they've only been married for a year. But I. I kind of saw this coming though. Helen I was just Hunt like, was... Hel Helen Hunt has now reached the big time uh, of, of TV, uh, Mad About You, and all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and so they actually didn't even write her into the original script. They oh, were like, shit. oh, Helen Hunt's like, she's not coming back she... to work for us anymore. <laughs> no. um, and so she wasn't even, yeah. oh, Helen Hunt's like, she's not coming back she... to work for us anymore. <laughs> no. um, and so she wasn't even in the script. And then somebody called her or she found out that one was being made and, and, in, and she inquired. And she was like, oh, no, no, please. I want to come back. I would love to come back and work on the next Trances movie. 
Uh, and, and finish and, my character. Uh, no, but then they were also like, well, what's your availability? And she's like, I can give you 20 minutes. <laughs> I don't know. So she literally gets That's one why. scene and then she's off back doing what she's in. But, you know, she said that, you know, the crew of Trancers were like friends and family. Yeah, yeah. They were there before she hit the big time. Yeah. So it's kind of like a favor in a way. It's what I but kind of like. I also predicted, like, if they were going to do a third movie with these two characters, it was yeah. like, where, as a writer, where are you going to take it? Well, Jack Def. He, he was great as a, you know, as a bachelor, as a single person. True, you true. Know, then he, you know, he could sleep with any girl. You know, he could go on all these adventures. You know, no, nothing to tie him down. But uh, it, it just hurts just that to, 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 this film takes that darker approach right off the get-go. Yeah. And it's just like, well, this isn't as fun as the previous films. There was a bit in the story later on that I kind of wish they'd gone with. But I, like, I, I won't spoil it just yet. Because like I said, Lena... Um, Lena and Jack are going through a bit of a divorce. Jack is working a, a, as this detective, you know, chasing down husbands and boyfriends who are cheating on their partners. And, you know, he's he's talking to Lena on the phone. And he's just like, look, I'm trying to get this money so that you can pay your lawyer so that he can divorce us. I don't want this, but, you know, that's the way it is. Um, and as he gets ready to do this job, because he even sets up a date with Lena. He says, look, we're going to meet up after this job. And we're going to have dinner and we're going to talk about this and talk it all through. And she's really happy about it. But then Shark turns up and just knocks him out. Knocks Jack out. Throws him in the time machine. Carries him to the time machine <laughs> and takes him to the future. And uh, I was like, okay, so he's now been abducted by the henchman. Yeah. You know, he's now going to be taken to the new grand overseer, the new villain of the that's, movie. That's All these soldiers are doing this weird salute. <laughs> yeah, but it was so Terminator rebel based. Yeah, thing, well, like... I mean, we, we go to the future and it's like, well, okay, so how we go- how is this dystopian future going to look? And it's a bloody underpass, <laughs> you know? And it's like, oh, we, can, we, can, we can't do the... Uh, you know, the destroyed future. That's it. Like, so I'm looking around, I'm like, so this is the future. Is it atomic war? Is it devastation? And and Jack walks through this base, all these wounded soldiers, you know, uh, and he comes across uh, the, the engineer from the second movie. And I, I didn't realise she was in the first one as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, Engineer Reigns, I think it is, and, yeah. and Alice Stilwell. And they both say to Jack, like, look, the council is dead. McNulty is dead dead which i was quite sad yeah, about it's just like come on oh, he was one of my favorite characters man if they can't if they're gonna pay for helen hunt they cannot afford art lafleur <laughs> you know and i'm sure art lafleur ain't gonna do it for free well, yeah. <laughs> but, but they're like yep yeah, you know uh, uh, there's a trance there's all the trance yeah <laughs> but, but they're like yep yeah, you know uh, uh, there's a trance there's all the trances are back jack and i'm like how we killed Whistler and I understand he had a brother who traveled back in time but you know we get explained that something happened in the past and has made the trancers and then a bunch of the trancers attack and I was saying this to Gary before we turned the camera on you know Jack tells us at the beginning that he's from the year 2360 which I'm sure is a continuity error from the other movies but in the year 2360, are you telling me, A, you've got no laser guns and you still fire bullets that you have to make by hand? And B, your trances that are very fucking, you know, bullets are fatal for them. You're not going to put body armor on them when they attack a armed base? Got one word for you. <laughs> Budget. <laughs>
these fucking trancer guys come running in with machine guns and Jack's like, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> and I'm like, they're fucking shooting ducks in a barrel. And he, you know, Alice says to him, look, you've got to travel back to the past. You've got to find this person who's in charge of the trance army and you've got to stop them to save the future. Um, I, I thought he was a pretty good actor as well. I recognise him from um, the Monster Squad. Yeah, oh, and, the guy who played Harris. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And uh, he, you know, I liked his speech where he was, you know, he's got this haunted look in his eye where yeah. he's like, 10-year-old children, I had to send them to war. You don't know what it was like, Jack, that the streets were flowing with blood 10 inches thick. I, I shouldn't laugh, obviously, through this dark speech. He's talking about children going to war. But, like, like I said, I analyse films when I'm reviewing them. And what? Like, like I said, I analyse films when I'm reviewing them and watching the the actor playing Harris walk with Jack, talking, and all I can see is the back of his fucking head. Right. <laughs> Riveting. I'm like, turn at least once. I can see Tim Thomason. I've seen Tim Thomason for three movies. Who the fuck is this dude making all these important speech? King officer, you're in command. Let's just say I'm the final word since McNulty bought it. When? In the first firefight, he was leading an offensive into old... I do also find his other ex-wife, who he sent forward in the previous movie, yep. she's now, you know, take-no-nonsense, um, badass commando type. Yeah. Uh, I... She's blasting transfers, and she's got to get Jack Death back into the time machine to go back and figure out why all these transfers are doing are turned up when they have. Why would you use the sound effect of a suppressor on a gun that doesn't have a suppressor? A budget. Go! Go! <laughs> or does it make the gun sound futuristic? I don't, I don't know. She gets him into the booth and she says, yep, save the future. And he takes one last look at her and, and, and shoots back. And we then cut to the Crazy Horse, which is a strip club. And we see a guy called Stevens. And it took a while for me to get these guys' names because, you know, they don't tell each other their names. you got two guys, Matt and Doug, who are brothers. Um, I think it was Doug, who is the lieutenant. Um, you've got uh, RJ played by Melanie Smith, who is kind of like one of the newer recruits. And then you've got, I think it's Private Sharp, the kind of lesbian female soldier who's kind of interested in, in Melanie Smith's character. And you've got this guy, Stevens, who is a fucking testosterone, powered up, oh, you know, and the lieutenant is constantly telling them, you need to calm down, you need to rein it in, you need to, you know, bring about, I can, oh, I'm so pumped up. And these hillbilly shit kicker cowboy hat wearing people come walking into the bar and stevens is just like i'm gonna go fight <laughs> i'm like all right calm down guys i can't i don't know if you're the bad guys or the good guys at the moment he makes some barnyard animal intercourse references and rolls them up and uh, mutates into a transfer at the and same he, time. he trances out and and there's a so-so eh, bar fight <laughs> son of a bitch Sorry, Lieutenant. I'm on level 10 high. This isn't the pit. 
I, I, I don't understand why, like, you've just spent all this time telling Stevens to calm down. And then you just let him go off and fight these people. And, and he kills them. Like, he impales this yeah. one guy in a pool queue and lobs him across the room. <laughs> that like, was great. All right. But then Agent Jason, like, the CIA suit-wearing motherfucker, turns up with some armed soldiers and they blast the fuck out of him. Yeah, I guess he's a failed trancer because he couldn't rein it in. He couldn't control his trancing. Right, 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 right. Because Doug and Private Sharp go up to the elevator, which is just on the second floor of the crazy horse, and they go down into the secret military base, which is underneath the strip club. <laughs> of course. And I love the fact that they have to put the sign elevator above the elevator just in case anybody gets lost in this military base. I'd find that very helpful, actually. <laughs> what the fuck is who's running this place? <laughs> well, it seems like this place consists of, like, one main room. You know, you've got, you've got the head of operations up there. You've got this big training area in the middle where everyone's lifting weights or, I don't know, just doing something in the background. The pit. You've... You got a couple of scientist-looking dudes with a computer terminal behind. You've got yeah. the armory, which yeah. is just a wall of guns. I'm like, you know, like if the camera panned around, it probably be the bed bunks right there as well. <laughs> I like it when the agent, when Agent Jason's walking past with with Matt, and he goes, "Hey, you see the wall of guns over there?" I heard that in the script. I'm like, that why? Why is the, Why can I hear that? Why am I hearing that? It's a wall of guns. But we get introduced to possibly the best thing about this movie, next to maybe Tim Thomason. Is Andrew Robinson. Hell yeah. This Pl guy is awesome. Playing Colonel Daddy Mother? What? Yeah. Say, say again? Colonel Daddy Mother. Well, I find your accomplishment enviable. You don't like it when some of my soldiers refer to me as Daddy Mother, do you? Because. Uh, it, one more time, Ian. Colonel Daddy Mother. His last name is Mother, and his nickname is Daddy. And so they call him Daddy Mother, because in his own words, when he was out in the field with his soldiers, he was mother and father to everybody. I just find it disrespectful, sir. It's a combat name. I was mother and father to those boys in the field. Oh, but you've never been there, have you? And I burst into fucking laughter when I found out <laughs> his name was Daddy Mother. I couldn't take this movie any seriously. Like, I had trouble taking the second one. Like, at a parody level, because it was trying to be... I had trouble taking the second one, like, at a parody level, because it was trying to be too serious. Well, I mean, this is how Andrew Robinson's really delivering this character as well. He's it's amazing. A, it's a one-dimensional character, you know? It's egotistical, maniacal, megalomaniac. It's, it's fucking... But exactly, he knew exactly what it was, yeah. you know? And, you know, he managed to add his own... You know, ticks and things to make this character very much Andrew Robinson's. And he, he, there's even a moment in the film, which, of course, if you're a Clyde Barker fan, if you're a fan of Hellraiser, yes. when Andrew Robinson says, Come to daddy, yeah. you're just like, Yeah, okay, you win, you win. Like, he, he, um, he tells, like, Matt, the, the lieutenant, like, you know, take your brother off, go on, you know, get him, get him sorted, you know, sort out the body of Stevens as well. He was a failure. I'm going to take Private Sharp off and get her oral impressions of the bar fight. And you're like, that seemed awfully suggestive. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, this is Andrew Robinson. This motherfucker will probably shag a lot. And then, you know, we get the sequence where he's in bed 
with this female actress. It's the most bizarre sex scene ever. It's it's a trancer sex scene, which <laughs> just means they're they're trancing really hard to not. It's like tantric trancing. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> trying to control it because, like, when they turn into trancers, they get super strength, but they become undead, brainless zombies controlled by one man's voice, I suppose. That's what we got in the first one. He was hypnotizing people. In the second one, the, the pills that he was feeding them made them suggestive to just do whatever they he said. In this one, it's the same thing, but he's... He's trying to keep them in their human form so that they can train and become the most deadliest soldiers ever. But I, I like, I got really annoyed because they, they, we we realized during the bar fight, Melanie Smith's character like fucks off. Well, she sees this. She's like, actually, I don't want any part of this. Yeah, she's had a couple of the injections already and goes, well, no, I don't want that. But she's walking past that box full yeah. of the newspapers and you realize that that helen hunt's character is now a reporter and she's reporting on the soldiers that are being turned into trancers because supposedly melanie smith's character leaks her the information and i'm like at what point does this happen because she either realizes that she can go to helen hunt with the newspaper and then goes off and does it but we never find that out or she's already done hunt with the newspaper and then goes off and does it, but we never find that out. Or she's already done it. Be- because the or there a- were others leaking information? I t- exactly, because the agent even says to Colonel Mother during the fight sequence uh, between the uh, transfer training fight sequence, like, look, you know, here, I found the reporter. I know her family. We've got we've to cut this leak. And Jack brings himself finally to to this point as well he he turns up in his booth you know it's what it's been like 13 years yeah you know it's what it's been like 13 years yeah since that night that he'd left lena at the restaurant and so his life's completely gone down the toilet you know his his business is out like he can't even get into his office. He's lost his car. Yeah. That beautiful car. Yep, that beautiful. Well, I mean, it's not lost. It's, it's in storage at the moment. <laughs> that was just my thinking at first. <laughs> like, the car, the car, yeah. And he does even go and and meet up with Lena because he he realizes she's a reporter. He sees the newspaper clipping. Yeah. And he goes to see her. Now, this was the point I thought they might sh- they might have gone with because when the little girl he goes to see her. Now, this was the point I thought they might sh- they might have gone with because when the little girl answered the door. I was like, oh shit, Jack Death had a, a, you know, is a father. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that should have been a bit of a better storyline, maybe. Yeah. And I thought that should have been a bit of a better storyline, maybe. You know, all right, okay, yeah, you only had Helen Hunt for 20 minutes. So maybe we kill know her he, off at the beginning. And then we know he's got to have an ancestor somehow that gets up the line. So yeah, but then, you know, we find out that she remarried and this girl is. Well, yeah, they don't. Yeah. They don't actually say it's Jack's child, but you get the little hint that she's playing with Hap because ha- uh, she she loves baseball, right? You know, and she's got tickets for it. And and Jack and Helen Hunt they have this little conversation. It's not much really. He basically tries to apologize, and she's like, "It's over anyway." And then she says, "Hey, look, here's that soldier you've been looking for." <laughs> Fetch. <laughs> Fetch. Close the door behind him. <laughs> Uh, one of the like one of the best things I thought about this movie, I think Gary will agree as well, is that uh, you know if you are a Star Trek Deep Space Nine fan, 
Melanie Smith, uh, she played Gold Ducat's daughter in the series. And that character is one of the characters that Garrick, played by Andrew Robinson in that series, would later fall in love with. And I just, I, I, like, I'd never seen, seen this movie in 1993, but I've just done a massive binge of Deep Space Nine. And which is what, five years after the this film? Yeah. Exactly. So seeing these two actors, like knowing how these actors will go on, you know, you, you really get that lovely feeling that, you know, when you work on a set and you work together, you know, and then you meet up again in the future, you just have that closeness. Do you remember that time we were in Transfers Free? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but Jack takes RJ to the beach to talk and... I, I was really confused because there's a big sign talking about radiation in the ocean. Oh, of course, it's the future, so... 2005. Well, yeah, well, it <laughs> makes sense, yeah. <laughs> we still don't have those signs. I, I'm pretty sure there's still radiation in the ocean. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they are they are talking about, you know, the, the trancing, and Melanie uh, explains to Jack, look, you know, they've got these injections, they're controlled by this colonel mother, um, you know, and I can take you there and we can try to stop them. And then this police officer turns up and the police officer starts questioning them what they're doing. Like This is private land. And Melanie Smith's character just shoots the cop in the face. And Jack's like, what are you doing? And she's like, look, she's got, you know, nail polish on her fingers. You know, that's not a standard issue. She's one of, you know, the agents, hidden uh, agents. She's she's following us. They're on to us. And he's like, "Okay, right. Okay, uh, I think he tries to take her to the teleportation booth. Because, like, he goes to the area where he'd left the time travel booth. Yes, yeah. And when he gets there, he's immediately captured by everybody. Yeah, everyone gets captured and taken to the underground scientific military base. How, how did they know to go there? Well, the... F- Budget. <laughs> but, but Budget. <laughs> and, and, and so the, the, the crux of, 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 of Colonel Father, Mother... <laughs> is uh, his plan is is to secure more funding yes. so that he can build this transfer army which we, we he's never really expressly said what for I'm... obviously we know in the future it's you know to unleash all the transfers all at once to overthrow everything well he says to the senator when he gets the senator in like the senator is like why are we doing this you know people don't want war you know we're trying to actually cut back on our army bases all around the world and colonel mother says i'm not talking about the rest of the world i'm talking about this country i'm talking yeah. about we need to deal with the people we need to reclaim back our neighborhoods we need to reclaim back our streets we need to reclaim back this and i'm like yeah that's the standard speech from a megalomaniac fucking crazy scientist who's made some kind of zombie fucking juice to just take over the world but he's got to prove his worth and his value to this bureaucrat yes and so he has to put on a you know a uh, a show yeah just to go look look what my soldiers are capable of and so he has two of his best ones fight it out well well i mean we we'd already seen that fight between the lieutenant and sharp yeah. and the lieutenant had been win- we we'd already seen that fight between the lieutenant and sharp yeah. and the lieutenant had been winning beating the crap out of sharp and so he didn't want to damage him so he tranquilized both of them right and sent them back to get more injections this fight is a fight between the two brothers who haven't really been really well established as brother characters. And so when Doug rips out Matt's throat and hand, hand, you know, <laughs> holds it out, you're like, oh, I don't care. Come on. <clears throat> fight me, Matt. I give up, Doug. I give up. <clears throat> <clears throat> Come on. 
But Jack's being captured as well, and as he's being interrogated, they give him the injection. And it's this whole thing now of trying to fight the trancing, you know. RJ, Melanie Smith's character, has been captured as well, and she's like, I need to help Jack. And so she releases him. I don't understand why you would store three handguns in a plastic box. <laughs> right, right where you're going to keep your, yeah. your hostages or your prisoners or your science subjects. But like, whatever. Does the box keep them dust free? Or is it like... A, like I, I don't know. I don't know. But she basically hands Jack a gun. And, and there's a bit of a shootout as they make their way through the corridor. But it turns out that RJ's incapable of shooting these soldiers for some reason yes. because we see the signs of her trancing under her eyes yes uh, she's losing control of her body and uh, and just when jack is about to be overrun by more trancers she snaps out of it and manages to kill them yeah but then she falls into jack's arm she's like i'm a trancer you're gonna have to kill me have to kill me With very little hesitation he just shoots her dead blam and she hits the floor Now, Jack has to take on the rest of the army base pretty much on his own. But luckily, Shark turns up. Yay. Like, I assume the teleportation device, time traveling device was sent back to the future so that they could put... Because they'd already established that they couldn't send Shark back with Jack because he only had a certain power source and no more refuel so once well, i thought he... it was because they needed him as the last stand exactly that as well and then all of a sudden he turns up i'm like well well that was fucking pointless you, you made that whole speech about not needing you know needing him and now you're just sending him well, back anyway so he saves jack by 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 breaking needing him and now you're just sending him well, back anyway so he saves jack by 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 breaking the neck of this one soldier the lieutenant yeah the, the lieutenant, lieutenant yeah. kicking the shit out so of jack. I, was like, okay, and I was like oh okay so now that the strike's here because i heard that they added this sidekick shark character in yeah because they felt like maybe tim thompson was getting a bit too old he was a bit too achy he was so maybe we'll get a, a sidekick bit. in to do some of the extra work so i was like oh maybe this is what they're talking about so this is where the sidekick comes in now and takes over they walk into the next room and the freaking shark just shuts down <laughs> they ran out of batteries it's just like oh so yeah. that, that can't have been the case then like they kill everybody well that was the, the other thing that really annoyed me it's like again going back to this big open room that we've seen many times one doorway <laughs> yeah. that comes in we the camera is fixed on them coming through the doorway yeah and one guy starts shooting at them and jack's like oh there he is and shoots him dead yeah and then I'm like, one up there. Oh. yeah, but then the camera pans back more and there's another guy in there. And the moment the camera gets him in frame, he goes for his gun to shoot Jack. It's too late. Yeah. And, the, and it does it like five different people. Yeah. Like all of them could have shot at Jack Death simultaneously, but none of them like activate until the camera pans to them. I mean, it's, it's like, this is terrible. I suppose it's supposed to show how cool Jack is to kill these <laughs> trances, but they are so blatantly placed. And then, yeah, he, he confronts Colonel Daddy Mother. You know, the senator's already legged it and gone, oh, I'm not getting involved in this. This is all out of my hands. And I'm thinking, oh, shit. Andrew Robinson's going to trance the fuck out and we're going to have a bit of a throwdown. But the the, the female uh, trancer, she turns up, rips off her miniskirt, which for a second I thought was another miniskirt. <laughs> it was just very tight leggings. <laughs> tight leggings. I was like, oh, that makes more sense. She starts beating the shit out of Jack and, he, and, and Jack grabs this sword off the side that Colonel Mother had been, you know, 
using earlier on in the movie and he stabs the girl through the chest and I'm like wow these trances are so weak <laughs> yeah so what is the like super soldiers millions and billions of dollars how did you take over the world if you were so fucking weak and especially the fact that jack death one fucking guy can deal with you either the trances are weak or the human race is weak somebody's fucking weak but jack turns to colonel daddy mother and and says like yep you know we're gonna we're going to have it out now. But the colonel kind of suggestively forces Jack to turn the gun. On himself. The kind of suggestively forces Jack to turn the gun. On himself. On himself. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, that's really weak. Like I wanted to see Andrew Robinson at least change. Yeah. And then get blasted. But he pulls out a gun, shoots Jack in the arm. Yeah. And then get blasted. But he pulls out a gun, shoots Jack in the arm. Which completely throws Jack back into normal mode. And then he blasts Colonel Mother dead. Yep. Well, Jack. That's it. <laughs> and Shark wakes up like, hello. And I'm here to help you now. I'm here to help you. And Jack's like, where the hell were you? And he's like, oh, damaged circuitry made my you know, power source go off. I'm fine now. I guess we now jump back into this time machine, go back to the future and find out whether anything we did here had any effect. Wait, wait. With the future and find out whether anything we did here had any effect. Wait, wait. Before they get to the time machine, they walk out of the room and they come across a female trancer that they let live. Yeah. Like, I understand, like, the general's dead now, so maybe the suggesting thing doesn't work, but leaving one trancer alive might upset the balance of the future. Well, we saw, we saw several of them run away oh, yeah. in the second Fucking, one, yeah, so yeah, we know yeah, we there's did, plenty more of them out there. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> so they end up in the time machine, they go back to the future, and, and, now, and now his ex-wife... And now uh, the, the, the scientist Harris, lady who become yeah. the military lady, Harris, she's now a senator and also the other dude. Now they're all running the place because obviously the old council's dead. Yeah. This is the new council and they're like, hey, Jack, you did it. You did great. And uh, we got more work for you, by the way. Yes. And you can't say no to it because it's law. Yeah. You have to do what we say. Oh, oh, you're not going alone. You've got a partner. He's like, oh, great. My old ex-wife. I get to uh, rekindle that marriage instead. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, no. Your brand new sidekick partner. You're going with Shark. I'm. I'm not entirely sure. I. I. I, I was wikiing this. I don't think he turns up in any of the other movies. Yeah. Well, just like the way Jack ends this movie with uh, this could be the start of a beautiful. No. 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 Thank you, Mister Shark Man. I mean, I, I looked up the actor in the, in the shark suit, yeah, yeah. and the only other thing that I sort of record well kind of recognized yeah uh, he was Leatherface yes. in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 yeah that's that's what I caught caught my eye as well and I'm like alright so you're one of these big kind of Kane Hodder type characters from more of a stuntman kind of thing yeah, yeah. like Le Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 is really good Shark um, no. no 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 Power Rangers want their suit back <laughs> Well, what were your favourite scenes in the film? Oh man, I'll be honest. My favourite scenes were some of the scenes that, that I just, was just like, how the fuck did you let that get past in editing? The sign, like I said, having a sign for the elevator get past in editing. 
the sign, like I said, having a sign for the elevator, like, I, I paused it. I'm like, you had to write that so that we knew? Like, was that for the people on the set for when they walked and they were heading to the elevator just in case they walked into the wrong door? They're like, look, we need to tell the actors where they need to go, you know? But because my mind was like, these are training elite transfer soldiers and they can't remember where an elevator is. That's, that's silly um a lot of the scenes with andrew robinson in like the first one where he said about private sharp giving him oral impressions i was like oh man you couldn't get away with the script today no no way and he like like i said going through a massive deep space nine binge you know andrew robinson's just a really good actor you know he he, he, he like how like we said hellraiser he keeps you enraptured on the screen and so, I, like we said, Hellraiser, he keeps you enraptured on the screen. And so I know that this film isn't great, but he he is like a light in the darkness of just how crazy he is. The whole sex sequence, you know, I, I just wish, I wish they just had a bit more of a fight out with Jack. Yeah. You know, instead of just being shot, because I think that was a bit pointless. Um, there was one sequence where, uh, with Jack being interrogated and they've got him strapped to this bed and he's got these kind of silver things going over his arm and his waist. And as the Lieutenant is reaching towards him, he accidentally brushes past the silver thing and you just watch it flop off of Jack's arm <laughs> as the camera is zooming in. And I'm thinking... I can't believe you let that go. <laughs> you know, how am I how am I not supposed to notice that now? That's just ter terrible. How am I how am I not supposed to notice that now? That's just ter terrible editing. I was also thrown by the whole suppressor thing by Alice in the future shooting. Like I've heard suppressor sounds a lot, you know, a lot of James Bond movies, a lot of Metal Gear Solid, Siphon Filter, so I know kind of what a suppressor sounds like. when your gun doesn't have one <laughs> Why? Um, I think that's about it. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah, it's quite a few. Quite a few. Um, I, I think the first time that the film made me laugh out loud is uh, the bar fight sequence. <laughs> when uh, when he picks up the pool cue and, and stabs him. Yeah. And then he, he might as well just look at the camera and just say, asshole, top pocket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you see him fly through the air and land on the pool table. Just like, oh, okay, that was, that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I loved Andrew Robertson's come to daddy moment. <laughs> great, great. Um, pretty much, I think my, my favourite scene in the whole film is Andrew Robinson when he's torturing that lackey. Is it Jason, the guy in the suit? Yes, yeah. And he's just like, so how, how many combat scenarios have you been in? How many that, times have you actually been in the in a fight? That's what I'm talking about. There was that whole sequence where the agent is getting his gun ready to... Nervously to, to defend himself. Yeah, yeah, like, I didn't know if he was going to turn. Maybe he was a gun ready to... Nervously to, to defend himself. Yeah, yeah, like, I didn't know if he was going to turn. Maybe he was a double agent. You know, they didn't really establish his character. But just Colonel Mother's dialogue piece. Andrew Robinson just delivering this... I've been in the shit. I've seen death and destruction and you're... Spilled blood in the same mud. Exactly. You're <laughs> nothing. You know, you're like, oh, that's why he goes off to become a really good actor and you kind of just disappear off of <laughs> You wet your pants and run away. <laughs> <laughs>
But yeah, it was just, it was a great, like, power struggle thing. Yes. Um, I mean, the, the, the scene ended with neither of them, you know, he didn't get stabbed, he didn't get shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was just a nice, it was just watching Andrew Robinson just have the screen to himself. He was chewing up the scenery, but he was definitely having fun with it. So I was like, that, 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 that's the sequence that stood out the most. Do you think they just did it, that sequence, to establish the sword? Well, so yeah, so it could like be that. used in the, the, the final scene. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um. Well, Ian, do you recommend uh, Transfers 3? Man, I I honestly can't recommend it personally. Um, but I will say that if you've made your way through Transfers 1 and 2, you know, and you're thinking about continuing it, then then yes. Because the, the movie still has all of the cheesy, low-budget, terrible sci-fi, bad dialogue, corny scripts, silly action sequences, things that should be outtakes in this movie. And you know what? Weirdly enough, it's like a breath of fresh air sometimes. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, I can watch a lot of movies that are just... You, know, you could watch every single Quentin Tarantino movie done after another and probably after a while just get a little bit bored of how good they are. Where then you're like, actually, I want to watch something. <laughs> I want to watch something you know and you're like do i go all the way deep down into adam sandler's fucking diary or do you come up a few levels and go hey tim thomason show me what you've got it's like saturday morning cartoons for adults <laughs> <laughs> if this one's shit then at least there'll be a good one on after <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know ordinarily i would not recommend transfers three really uh but it it, it really started to lose its way and it is inferior to the original whilst also looking cheaper than ever you know and some character and story choices that might sour the enjoyment somewhat of the previous 